Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy podcast. Brendan Weber here, your host. So today's episode is going to be discussing the debate I just did uh, yesterday from when I'm recording this. And the reason I want to do it is basically if people, if my listeners don't want, I did a lot of research on it. So if listeners don't want to go watch the debate because it's an hour and a half. I get that. So I kind of want to break my, my argument down quickly into a more concise episode so people can still get the content. Uh, and then also I will put a clarifier here. It, you know, I was taking a more, it's a debate. So, so I was like kind of to defend a position. So if people don't want to hear like kind of more of me defending a position and being more affirmative and assertive, I can, I get that because a lot of times my other content isn't necessarily me doing that. It's more of me observing or critiquing or, you know, laying out various beliefs and whatnot. It's less of me saying, I hold this position and trying to defend it. Uh, so that's why I want to put that clarifier in there. So if you don't want to hear my opinion on that stuff, because I know that kind of changes people's frame of mind when listening to a show and it can kind of, you know, affect them in that way. So I, I kind of like putting that clarifier out there because I know it affects me as well. So like I said, though, but I also say like this show is not going to turn into a bunch of like atheist content or anything like that. I don't even consider my categories myself as an atheist. I think it's... You know, it comes with a lot of loaded things within that term that I don't like to associate myself with, so I avoid doing that. The in the debate, I kind of got associated with that, which I didn't like. But what I was debating was the question of are anti-theist pro-science, and I was taking the affirmative position on that, and it was on the the channel Think Club. Um, and yeah, so it, it went really well. I, I enjoyed doing it, but yeah, there is a couple of things I wish I would have clarified in there. And I think they were a little bit surprised about my anti-theist position because it's a little bit different the way I define anti-theism. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this episode as well, because yeah, it, I just had a little slightly different definition and they were kind of caught off guard in the sense that not in a bad way, but in the sense that they were ready to be to face like a very like strong, like atheist, anti-theist who just thinks all religions are terrible and bad. And that's not the position I took. So I want to start by saying, so the question I was debating was, are anti-theists pro-science? I claimed yes. So I'll say my, like I said, my definition of anti-theism is very narrow and I even consider it often less militant than atheists. That's why I kind of like taking the position a little bit better because I I don't even categorize myself as an atheist necessarily. But I consider myself anti-theist simply because I try to prevent dogmatic belief systems where I think, at least I think society should because dogmatic belief systems often, this is where conflict comes into play. And And I'm not saying we can get rid of all of it by any means at all. But I want to find a way to help prevent these dogmatic belief systems. And I think religion often brews these dogmatic belief systems. So that's why I kind of often critique theism because I think it leads you down this that path. So however, I think an organized religion has to do a lot before it falls under this kind of this dangerous umbrella. So like someone can still be in a less dangerous, uh, let's say less dangerous religion. I don't even know if I want to use the word dangerous. But even if they are in, in a peaceful, less dangerous position, I would still go out and disagree with them and, you know, discuss with them, but I'm not going to go out there and be like, you should change your position because I think it's harmful to society. And it takes a lot for me to do that. And that's what I think a lot of anti-theists do. And they, they put a lot of various forms of theism under that umbrella, which I think it just ends up dividing people. So, but I'll get into that. So first, 
I will say uh, thank you for your continued support and tuning in. Yeah, this episode is a little bit different. Then I'm going to get back to more cultural dominated topics. I've been kind of getting sidetracked with these kind of more philosophy focused episodes. I want to get to some more cultural stuff again. Uh, but as always, you can sort my Patreon page. I have my bonus feed going a little bit better. Um, you can support me for five dollars a month. Is all. And that will help a lot and allow me to spend more time on it, produce more content, try different varieties of content as well. And then also, you know, my Patreon supporters get a more of a say of what I produce and what content I produce and stuff like that. And plus you can just, yeah, help me out and keep it going. But also you can check out the Discord for feedback. I also want feedback on this as well because I will admit the comment section of uh, the channel I was debating on. It was a little bit disappointing, I will say. I didn't realize how religious his audience, Adam's audience was on Think Club. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It'd be different if they were giving me constructive criticism, but I, I honestly felt like, and I, you know, I always I tell myself, I tell my partner not to read the comments on on her articles that she produces, and then I went and read all the uh, a lot of the comments on the channel and what that were in the chat, and it's like. Uh, I came away feeling like, did they, did they even watch the debates? Like, were they listening to anything I said? Cause I was not, you know, I get categorized as an atheist and I get like, they put a lot of categorization that I was just not falling under. And I was not talking about. And I found that very odd. And I guess, I don't know, it's probably just a YouTube thing. And I always know YouTube comments are pretty, usually pretty trash, but I have that one complaint. That's kind of why I got motivated. I wanted to clarify a couple of things on here and for my audience. So like I said, the difference between, or from what I find, the difference between atheism and being anti-theist, at least how I conceptualize it, and these terms usually come with various varieties and opinions about what exactly these words entail. So some say they essentially, they're the same thing. I do not. I view anti-theist as more so against organized religion. I don't have much of a problem with people believing in God. In fact, I'd go as far as to say some forms of faith can be beneficial. Some people I do think need that. But faith can mean many different things, such as in Eastern traditions, the idea of being spiritual. Those that find benefit in these Eastern traditions often don't follow the organized faith or even believe in God. It's how it makes them feel, which might be an important aspect to come back to here today. So quickly, I want to do kind of what their position was, my, what my opponent position was, and what the moderators actually held, because I got I got way more pushback from the moderators than I was expecting. It ended up being kind of three on one, which is okay, like because like I don't get offended by that stuff at all. Um, but yeah, I just found that interesting. But it, it was fun. It was, it was actually good questions too. It was good critiques, but I was happy to address them. Um, but basically, my opponent's position boils down to this, where so... You know, it wasn't about if God exists or not. That's not what the debate about. It was saying like religion plays an important aspect of, you know, forming community, forming morality in society, and kind of maintaining that social cohesion and social order. Uh, I, I can, I understand that argument. I get where they're coming from. But the, so the problem I have with the argument is, is religion is this weird umbrella. And I find a lot of times people that take that position kind of shift their definition of religion as criticisms come into play. It's like, okay, so how do we how do we define that religion is the one that creates this atmosphere of social order and whatnot? And and I often find that it it overlooks the dangerous aspects that religion produces. So they tried to say that the data in psychology and social science and sociology shows that religion is showing these positive effects. And there is positive effects. I'm not denying the positive effects religion can have, but we also have to look at the negative effects. 
And I don't think the data is nearly as clear as they claimed in the debate. Um, and I brought off, you know, I brought up data of my own as well. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my main problem is how we define religion and what exactly is within religion and does it require the belief in God to be considered a religion? Uh, do the positive effects need a God as an enforcer? And, st- and stuff like that. And I, and I also think, you know, God is an enforcer. Some people say like, okay, that's that's good for morality. It keeps people people in order and keep acting moral. But the thing is with that, that issue is God is an enforcer. Okay, so... What is he enforcing? You know, what what morality are they following? Is that is are they dogmatically following a morality that's actually dangerous? And does religion brew the possibility of that dangerous morality staying in place? So that's kind of my criticism on their side, but that's basically their position. And there, and there is support for that. Jordan Peterson talks about it. They were Jordan Peterson fans, and I've said in, in previous shows I'm very neutral on Jordan Peterson. I haven't listened to him enough to have a strong opinion on him, either positive or negative. So I'm not going to do that here today. And they also uh, quoted some Jonathan Haidt stuff, and I've read some of his stuff, and his stuff is pretty good. But yeah, basically my my point is is I don't think it's nearly as clear of an answer as I think it is. And also the issue is psych. sociology, psychology, and the social sciences in general, the studies that are produced, it's really hard to replicate the data. That's an issue that's still being in play. Uh, And so that what comes about from that, let's say you have the data, and I also find that people interpret the data to kind of fit their narrative. And that's a dangerous aspect that's different than, let's say, physics and more of those, (laughs) I guess you could call them the hard sciences. And that's the issue I have is it's not this systematic approach. So getting back to our anti-theist pro-science, you know, you can say, okay, if they're not following these social science studies, I don't think that necessarily makes them anti-science because there's a lot of studies that show the opposing position. So I kind of found that the debate question, you know, I'm fine with it, but I kind of got frustrated with it because I think it's trying to make this black and white issue stance here, but it's very gray. <laughs> if anyone that knows knows me and, and been listening to the show, they know that I that's also what I often what I fall back on. If the issue isn't clear, it, I feel like it is it also falls in the this gray area. And I think this is one of those issues. But anyway, I still want to get into how I defended my position. So let's get into what about theists first. So I found the debate question itself, like I said, interesting because be, because usually theists are the ones that are being categorized as anti-science. So it had me contemplating possible objections to address in my opening statement. Uh, So I want to point out some conflicts that theists inevitably have with science. So I want to clarify my method of getting to knowledge, not perfect because nobody's is. That's part of being human, which is, I think, is an important aspect to remember. So for one, as the modern world becomes more secular, the discussion of science versus religion is coming up more. Believers don't want to seem anti-science, but yet they want to argue for their faith. And I'm going to put another clarifier in here. If you don't want, like a lot of what I'm going to say here is what my opening 10 minutes was. So just fast forward through those 10 minutes. If you go do and listen to the link and you can hear uh, my opponent's opening statements and then we get into a more free-flowing discussion format and whatnot. So, but anyway, back to it. So how do those that are, are pro-science find truth? One is the understanding that the truth they come to could very well be temporary. The typical language is they find truth through the scientific method. You test a hypothesis. You try to prove it wrong. Do some experiments. You basically find a way to make the best conclusion possible and find the best foundations of knowledge possible. 
So an offshoot of this is first principles thinking, which is a method of vigorously questioning every assumption you think you know about ITS in general. And Elon Musk has recently made this kind of first principle thinking popular again, at least in the mainstream. But basically it's about, you know, finding solutions to problems and the knowledge you perceive to fully understand. So I like this method because because it directly denies the accuracy of, let's say, reasoning by analogy. And, and reasoning itself has issues of getting to knowledge as well, but I think reasoning by analogy has a lot more. So <laughs> what? So which religions often do, they use analogies, which I find problematic. And that's why I find theists do as well, as they often like to reason from analogy, and they also try to say, you know, once they reason from analogy, that that truth they hold is true, true. I can't, I just quoted Cloud Atlas on on accident there, um, is true in the sense that it is like a foundational objective truth. It's very, it's in a very imprecise system and I find it very problematic. So I like the idea of having a belief system that pushes you to identify your current assumptions. And I think that's what first principle thinking does. So this isn't to say this is perfect, but belief systems are on a spectrum of perfection. So like to break things down into the kind of the basic truths and unpack the solutions from those foundations you try to set. So you seek truth while kind of remaining curious. So in my mind, align, aligning with the, the, this idea plays a major role in being pro-science. So what is, what is religion's role in all this? So I, I, in the debate, I use the popular atheist Daniel Dennett's definition, social systems whose participants avow belief in a supernatural agent or agents whose approval is to be sought. So admittedly, I think some social identities that are, are not considered under the normal religious umbrella are getting close to this because supernatural can mean a lot of things depending on how you define it, right? I mean, it, that's why I wanted to get into in the debate because like supernatural, in my eyes, it, it can mean a lot of things that, in, the, in how we create stories. Like, for example, is, is the supernatural like this mysterious story that we create? So is that just religion in general? Is it some like, another example I've heard before is like a, like a corporation, like Amazon. The, the idea of Amazon, is that like in reality or is it like this mysterious thing around it? Like what is all involved with Amazon? I don't want to get too much into that. That's a topic for another day that I'm kind of contemplating. But anyway, so that's kind of the, the, the issue there and how we categorize what religion is, is because a lot of times this mysterious mythical supernatural aspect comes with it. But I also think the supernatural myth, mythical aspect can, can mean various things because a lot of times supernatural becomes the, the great unknown, right? So plus the face that don't get caught up on the God question interesting, interestingly seem to remain the most beneficial amongst those of kind of spiritual faith. And, and I brought up the examples of Buddhism, Confucianism, and Stoicism. But this definition fits the popular face here in the West of Christianity and Islam, at least the one that Dennett uses. And that's kind of the one I cr- constantly critiqued in the debate as well, just because those are the popular ones here in the U.S. and also, I think, still have the issues of the dogmatism that I that I find an issue. So both science and religion rely on truth claims though, or at least claims about the universe. So to be Christian, you'd have to align with at least their foundational truth claim, the belief system in the resurrection of Christ. The Bible even says this in, in Corinthians chapter 15. Um, 
as well. But religion and science are in conflict in how they get to truth. And that's where the issue comes into play. So to put it simply, science looks to scripture and authority as evidence for what is not seen, where having faith is a central tenet of traditional faith. It's even considered a virtue. So now in science, although I admit our cognitive limitations of just being human has us all using faith a little bit. Science sees the primary use of faith as problematic. The use of faith for your reasoning is on a spectrum. And religion uses a lot, a lot of faith. And that's where the, the, the issue I keep coming on, right? So another problem, let's say, let's say you think your verification of truth is good. There's thousands of religions, even amongst Christians. There's offshoots of faith over disagreements within their own faith. Theists would, would say someone like me is living in this post-truth world. I don't know if they necessarily define it as post-truth, but so uh, I would define it. But uh, well, even amongst fellow Christians, though, there's many supposedly living in this post-truth world. And that's kind of my overall point the issue I have as well. So now my point is, though, religion hasn't really brought us any any truth knowledge or verifiable truth knowledge. And at the end of the day, heavily relies on faith over reason. Reason isn't perfect, but it's demonstrated to be more reliable than a foundation of faith. Do we know how many gods there are, or at least have a good idea? What are the exact moral codes we're supposed to follow? So now I'm not saying my ideal system brings us these codes, but I'm not making the assertion that we know moral truth claims like many religions claim to know. Religion has you relying on wishful thinking often instead of accepting likely truths that face the reality we're living in. Uh, And and one of the objections I got was around this morality question. And they're saying like, okay, religion produced all this morality, all this morality. And... Their, their, their claim is, like, where do you get that without God? I mean, that that's that's a question as well. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit more clear than at least they thought it was, and we'll get into that a little bit here, but also just more on another day because it's, it's, it's a loaded-up topic. Um, but let's say, so in the case of Adam, because I think Adam is interesting. You should check out his channel because I do find it interesting. He's an atheist that is for religion in the sense that he thinks religion has many obvious positive effects on society so the belief in also coming with it the belief in god so he thinks that's has a lot of and he sees god as good as a a kind of moral enforcer so the issue i have there so if you admit that that morality was created by humanity and inserted into this god figure and you admit that kind of religion and and theism and the ideas within various religions such as Christianity have been changing over time and evolving with society as well. So you're basically admitting it's already man-made. And and, and to me, that's a big issue. If you already find it man-made, what's the big deal of just taking away the God aspect? To me, I have more optimism in humanity that they can overcome whatever issue they see with needing a God figure. But anyway, a little bit sidetracked there. So now that we we kind of n- kind of know about how how non-theists are are are, are not pro-science. That's kind of what I was trying to say in that that first statement there. So I want to touch quick on how theists in general hold positions against science. Now I'm not going to get into the scientific errors in the Bible for sake of time. And I think many listening have their minds made up anyway. So I don't I didn't feel the need to do that in the debate either. But I will leave one fact I found interesting. 
that once a major scientific discovery has been found in history, it always creates rifts in Christianity, such as the discovery of evolution and the earth revolving around the sun, ones that start violent conflict and, and entirely new forms of Christianity. Why is that? Why are these offshoots produced from scientific discoveries? Why does it seem that religion is always on the defense, having to backtrack, having to, to rephrase and have to reevaluate and redo their whole faith? It's because it's based on, it's a myth. It's a, it's a human myth. And that's okay. Like, I just want to be able to admit that and to say that. So then we can have, open up the discussion because when people want to defend their religion so strongly, right? But anyway, so, and something else to consider. Religion once dominated the answers to our world. It's like when locusts were eating crops of the farmers, farmers turned to priests to ask God for help. But today we ask the chemist for, for better insecticide. Religion used to be on the forefront of medicine. Now, when you need surgery, you don't pray to the gods. You say thanks to the surgeon with years of experience. When someone suffered a a mental illness, they turned to the exorcist to free them from the the grasps of hell, right? Now we look to the latest research in neurology. Why were they replaced, though? For one, the scientific method, I think, is just better at discovering knowledge in our world, and that's why we see progress in science, where we don't necessarily see that in religion. Religion provides limited means to turn to and tries to shackle you at every turn. So, and the other, and the, the other I thought of a counterpoint I received in the debate that I'll insert here. Uh, the, the claim was that Christianity in particular helped produce a lot a lot of scientific discoveries. And to me that that's a it's it's poor reasoning in the sense that you can't connect those things necessarily. So it, religion also prevented a lot of discoveries from happening sooner. So it's like one of those things that's not it's not clear just because it happened in the time where religion was dominating and then religion dominated society and had control of a lot of the resources, it doesn't mean that we can thank religion for all these pr- all this production of science and research and innovation. You can't just easily connect those at all. You can't say it's because of religion that those are produced. You can say that the stories that religion produces helps unite the community, but doesn't mean the belief in God is necessary or like this strong religious structure is necessary. That was my overall point. There's no, we can't, we can't prove that. So my point is religion has already lost so much turf. Why? Because they were not good at farming, healthcare, or even mental health. They were a coping mechanism that is slowly being chipped away at, today even. It's a social construction that has had its time in the light, but is no longer necessary. Religious authority is disappearing around the world because people realize it's not really answering their problems. And that's what religion used to be for, answering people's problems. The world is adopting new scientific discoveries, innovations, and technology. We see a decrease in religious faith across the world, not because of social decay, but because the religious benefits are fading away. They're they're no longer needed because it's being replaced by things in society from innovations in technology. We can talk about if that's good or not, and, and some of these innovations in technology do have harmful effects. But the point is, I think they're having more positive effects than negative compared to religion. And that's kind of why I was still holding my position. So what was once a kind of uniting community ideal is being replaced by modern mechanisms for communication as well. Because I think a big thing about religion and the important aspect of religion is the communication aspect. It, it creates a social cohesion in, in a positive sense. But now like, as like a social cohesion of a communication mechanism. And honestly, the religious story has obvious dangerous side effects as well. But so that was kind of my stance. <coughs> but... Now I want to make, want to maybe raise some ideas 
for the discussion and ideas that I raised in the debate that I think I still help support my overall point. And I discussed a possible objection. So this idea that belief systems are beneficial to our social psychology, making religions pro-science, right? So first, one of my bigger problems with religion, and maybe they can solve this, is they get caught up on the God question. They get caught up on this, on an assertion that we have no way of verifying. We just can't prove it. And for some reason, if you point this issue out, they take it as like this direct attack on their identity. And this sometimes leads to questionable justifications and behaviors in those in those communities. So that's why the God question should be at least mentioned. Because today, and I, and I did mention it in the debate as well, because today people often talk about God as, as something to place the great unknown. It's like this myth, mythical, uh, how do I want to say it, like, mythical like cloud that they just place their things and they just upload it there the great unknown they upload it to the cloud a mysterious being you know is it a being is it singular is it just everything you know what is god that's what it comes to this mysterious thing god becomes like redefined right so god is still often used to discuss the great unknowns in the cosmos and in the context i'm talking about the more spiritual aspect of god you know it's not one aligned with one particular religion in this case. So the mysterious God is the one where you and, and some friends, you know, you're sitting around a fire, you smoke some weed, and you just talk about life. Very kind of create your own interpretations of God right then and there. But then for some reason you sober up and God takes another form for people. He becomes the the giver of truth. He's stirred. He's certain. He stops being something to contemplate and becomes something you must accept. Interchangeably going from, well, I guess it must have been God to, I know it was God. It, it makes a, the discussion, it makes the discussion unclear. And it also be, creates this divide. Like, which form of God are you talking about? God has these many different definitions nowadays. So for many, God or the belief in God has become an empty vessel for the void of the unknown. So I don't see a problem of if society wants to move past it. So let's discuss ethics, though. So I find organ, and this is this is an objection that I was expecting. So I had prepared some stuff for this. So I find organized religions overall have more negative effect on society than positive. Now the reason people can and should still have their own individual faith in God is because it isn't for me to tell them what to believe or how to find purpose or you know their belief system. Like if they need a God, sure, go about it. But I don't I don't know them, so I'm not going to tell them what to do. That's not, that's not my style. And I'm also not an expert in, in that area to tell what people what to do. So, you know, that's, that's the other reason. But when we start seeing these organized religions forming, it's when I start seeing these dangerous aspects arising. We see negative influence over laws such as gay marriage, drugs, prostitution, and sex in general that are still harming society today. And people that are against or have these strong restrictions on those things I just mentioned happen to be very strong in their faith, in their Christian faith. So I'm targeting Christians' faith here in the U.S. because it's kind of the one that I face day-to-day and what the U.S. faces. And for I know I have a lot of international listeners, but I know it's also an issue facing a lot of the modern world and the world in general. So let me tell you, Christians do not hold the authority of what should be considered like this peer in society. That's what I also find. A lot of religious people get caught up on what purity is and, and why should we care about that? Why? Like, why, why should we care? 
But historically, especially with monotheism, we see wars over interpretation of their doctrines. They're willing to kill over disagreements and kill their fellow humans from those of other faiths. Why? Well, under monotheism, only one is allowed to be right, I guess. This is toxic, not only for the individual, but society. Also, religious wars got really going after Christianity's form of monotheism started taking over the world. And I think some of those war aspects, not the traditional war like shooting out and killing people, but different like cultural wars are occurring over trying to protect their Christianity. And I find that problematic. It's not, it's not, not a discussion. It's you're wrong. I'm right. I'm going to take you down. And I know the other side does that. I try to make that very clear in the debate that I am not saying like the secular side of society, the atheist community, I'm not saying they are at all innocent at all. But I'm trying to look at which one more often produces these dangerous dogmatic viewpoints. And that's what we have to look at. Because, like I said, people are always going to have identities. People are going to create identities around themselves, belief systems around themselves. They're going to dogmatically follow belief systems. I get all of that. But it's still on a spectrum. We can look at which ones are producing it more. And that's what I want to find out. And that's what I want to discuss. So let's say, so like, take polytheism, for example. Although historically they've been involved in wars as well, they haven't killed in the name of religion nearly as much. Uh, and... They've been more accepting of other faiths. Lastly, the, the least religious countries and societies in the world tend to be the most happy. Denmark, Norway, Finland, Canada, Netherlands, Sweden, New Zealand. These are amongst the least religious countries. Now, I brought up the criticism of correlating and causating these things. And this is one where I'm trying to correlate, like the issue might be there as well. Like why is it arising? Is it because religion is becoming less or is it something else? I openly admit that's a possibility. But I also, we see it across the world amongst more developed countries. And what this tells me is the way I interpret that data, it's, it's, it's the fact that religion used to be like this needed, maybe needed coping mechanism. But in these religious countries, or, or less religious countries, sorry, where it's, more, where it's a more developed country, those benefits that they got from religion are just fading away. They're no longer needing to accept the myth. That's kind of my overall point. So this is meant to address the claim that without God, morality and society will sink into the void of lawless existence. We have nothing to show that religious faith is necessary for moral behavior. Necessitating a supernatural being from reality is saying that morality is unnatural. To me, this is absurd. Morality of some form is natural, whether it's subjective or objective. Topic for another day. <laughs> Whatever your stance on morality exists, Whatever your stance, morality exists in some form. Other social animals like chimps, rats, pigs, dogs, cows, they all show signs of ethical codes that they follow, but it's just in, within their system. And I'm not saying that makes it objective. That's not, that's not what that claim means. It's just saying what we consider morality, we can see these moral aspects of what we define as morality within other social creatures. So morality exists in all society, no matter which God they believe in, even when God is not an important part of their lives. So another problem I have is I find religion blocks many from truly understanding the state of suffering. We are social animals. That's how religion came about from being social animals. That does not make it a necessity for acting good. And I find 
empathy as important. And I know a lot of people that take the opposing position that I faced off with don't find empathy good enough. I also hear that, you know, humans think that they are more empathetic than they really are. Absolutely agree. However, you're still admitting that empathy allows us to operate with a moral compass. Just because we're thinking we're, we're operating better than we really are, it doesn't mean we're we're not operating better, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm very clear on that, but let me know in the comments. But So it has this us caring about what others think and feel and our relations with others. So if you live alone in your own self-centered world, you will probably be unhappy unless you are a psychopath. So so here is this ethical, uh, ethical code I think we follow. Our empathy leads us towards a principle of compassion and that is directly cor- connected to our intrinsic value of empathy. It's it's within our human nature. I'm not see, setting this in stone, just a nice rule of thumb. So think about this principle and, and keeping empathy in mind here. Before someone hurts someone else, they were hurt. A violent act begins with a violent desire in place. Someone with a violent desire had their peace and happiness disturbed to get them into that violent state of mind. They experienced some sort of anger, pain, and hatred. These thoughts don't allow you to live this peaceful life. Humans want a peaceful life. People do not want to be angry. They don't want to have these violent desires. When people have a violent desire, they want someone else to have that violent desire too, and it spreads. So, our, our empathy wants to prevent other people from feeling that way because we don't want to feel that way ourselves. And that's good. That's in our nature. That's scientific. We treat each other with, with respect because we don't want others to be in the dangerous state of mind for our own sake and your sake and their sake. God doesn't keep us acting from acting immorally. We know this. Religion doesn't rid us of anger, pain, and hatred. And I do not at all think it's clear that it even does a better job than secular, more secular communities. I don't think that at all. It hasn't even shown to be the best at it on the religious side. And at the very least, we are very much in this gray area of we don't really know what aspects of religion are good. So I'm not going to make take the their position of saying religion's obviously good. There, there's no way to hold that position. But the reason I held my position was I do think it's ridiculous to say like you can hold that position and then say that anti-theists are against science because they're saying religion is organized religion is bad. And that's kind of the reason I held my position. So at the end of the day, it's in your self-interest to reduce anger, hatred, envy, and greed in society. And I don't think religion is the best at it or is necessary for it. But I hope you enjoyed the content today. Check out the YouTube. Hit me up with that upvote on there. Please like, subscribe, rate, review. Check out the Patreon, all that good stuff. Check out the, I uh, I guess I got a merch store as well. Check out that. But as always, thanks for listening and tune in next time. Peace.